From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Hey listeners, this is Mean Gene of Three Falls Brand. Are you a fan of wrestling? Are you also a fan of rock music? If so, check out threefallsbrand.com for all your WrestlePunk merch. We've got tons of wrestler and band mashup designs to choose from, whether it be RVD and Black Sabbath, Atsushi Onita and the Lower Class Brats, Doink the Clown and the Addicts, or Mortis and the Misfits. We've got you covered. Also, follow us on Instagram at Three Falls Brand. Again, Check us out at threefallsbrand.com and on Instagram at threefallsbrand. Thanks, and continue enjoying this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro, and today we have a super stack show for you. Not only are we going to be talking about AEW Dynamite and a huge announcement by Tony Khan, but we're also going to be going back in time like we do every Wednesday. We're going to be talking about ECW Hardcore TV, the last episodes of 1997. We have a lot to get into, but before I do, I want to thank all my fans from all over the world. Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I salute you all. Thank you so much for always making this podcast number one. I appreciate everybody who rides with the Wrestling DeLorean. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. We got big things coming to the podcast, but I also want to salute all my international listeners and downloaders. Shout out to the Philippines, United Kingdom, Germany, India, Ireland, Russia, Spain, Kenyan, Belgium, Belarus, France, Guatemala, Iceland, Jamaica, and Canada. Also, thank you to all my domestic viewers and listeners from the United States. I appreciate you all. Let's get into this Super Stack show because there's a whole lot to talk about. So let's cut the chit-chat and let's get right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for making me a part of your morning routine. Or at this point, I'm recording this on a Wednesday right after AEW Dynamite. I'm going to be quite transparent with you so thank you for making me a part of your nightly routine as i not only review a super stacked aew dynamite the go home show to aew revolution this sunday but i do what i do best here on the wrestling delorean podcast i will go back in time and i'm going to be talking about two episodes 
two, yes, two, of ECW Hardcore TV from 1997, December 13th and December 20th, 1997. There's a lot to talk about. So let's get into all of the action. Let's talk about AEW. Huge, huge announcement. Tony Khan been hyping up that he had a big announcement that he wanted to reveal to the world, but he couldn't reveal the big announcement until the finalized paperwork was all signed. The I's were dotted, the T's were crossed, and now it is official. Tony Khan is the owner of Ring of Honor Wrestling. This is massive, massive news. For everybody who wants to downplay it, I'm going to tell you this right now. Turn off the podcast because you cannot downplay how big this is. Ring of Honor, the at some points in the last 20 years, was the number two promotion in the United States. Ring of Honor is the predecessor of AEW. I cannot begin to even describe the impact and the footprint that Ring of Honor has on professional wrestling. If you don't believe me, just look at the rosters of Impact, WWE, AEW, and almost everywhere else. Everybody who's on top right now pretty much came from Ring of Honor. Superstars like CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Samoa Joe, Jay Lethal, Eddie Edwards, Davey Richards, Roderick Strong, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Adam Page, the Briscoe Brothers. I I could go on and on and on. I've done this before. I'm not going to name every big name because there's way too many. Without Ring of Honor, the wrestling world would look extremely different. And Ring of Honor was in a tough, tough position when they had to go on hiatus. Ring of Honor is now owned by Tony Khan. Now, there's rumors out there that AEW signed a deal with HBO Max to put AEW content on the streaming service. And now if AEW owns the video library of a- of Ring of Honor, should I say, this is huge news for AEW. It's huge news for wrestling. One, while everyone thought that Ring of Honor was dead... And Ring of Honor was gone and buried. AEW has purchased it. For everyone who thinks that this is just for the video library, that is not true. Ring of Honor is already going to be running a show in April. Next month, Supercard of Honor. Last night, they already signed some matches for the show. Isaiah Swerve Scott, now known by his old independent name, Shane Strickland. Versus the sauce, Alex Zane. You got Jonathan Gresham versus Bayadito. You got the Briscoe Brothers versus the Mystery Team. I presume is going to be FTR. This is huge news. This means not only does Ring of Honor stay alive. It means that the AEW roster can now expand. It means that Ring of Honor may very well be getting a TV time slot on the national cable television network. It means that opportunities for the men and women who are not working in the WWE, men and women who are free agents now have yet another place to go and is being ran by someone who absolutely loves professional wrestling. It's not being ran by Sinclair Broadcasting 
who only use Ring of Honor as content for their syndicated television networks. Let's be real. Ring of Honor for Sinclair was content for a sports network. Ring of Honor was content that they needed for the tennis channel and stadium TV. Hence why when Ring of Honor was in its dying days last year, the billion dollar organization of Sinclair Broadcasting did not save it. The billion dollar organization of Sinclair Broadcasting did not have that passion that Tony Khan is going to be bringing to Ring of Honor. For the first time in the last decade, Ring of Honor will be ran and owned by somebody who's not only going to financially back it, but somebody who's going to have the same amount of passion owning it as the fans who watch it. This is massive. And I cannot explain how massive this is. If you don't understand, if you don't think that this is a big deal, like I said, this podcast may not be for you. But anyway, that was just one part of tonight's AEW Dynamite. It was a massive episode. It wasn't just a big announcement. In honor, no pun intended, of the Ring of Honor purchase, we got... In the opening matchup, Brian Danielson versus the fallen angel Christopher Daniels. This was nostalgic as fuck. And I am so happy that this match happened. First of all, shout out to my man CD who was back on AEW television. Really cool to see him. I appreciate the shout out that he gave me on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast a couple weeks ago. Shout out to Christopher Daniels. This was a great opening matchup. This was one hell of a match to open up AEW Dynamite. Danielson, he he wins when he catches Christopher Daniels' BME, the best moonsault ever, into a triangle choke. Danielson wins the match. Then he gets on the mic and says, 20 years ago, they were on the first show for Ring of Honor. They were in the main event. He said that they started matches with handshakes back in the day in Ring of Honor, and they ended matches with handshakes, and this is no different. He then grabs the hand of the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels, who was on the ground, and he says, but this isn't Ring of Honor. I'm not in Ring of Honor. I'm in AEW. He then proceeds to kick Christopher Daniels' head in and says that at Revolution, he's going to stomp John Moxley's head in, which leads to John Moxley coming out and saying, take your best shot, motherfucker. He says that, listen, if you want to bleed, That is exactly what's going to happen at Revolution. If you think that I'm not going to be coming for your head, then you better smarten up. He then gives uh, Brian Danielson an opportunity. He says, take your best shot. Brian Danielson retreats. I'm extremely hyped for Brian Danielson and John Moxley. I think that that match is going to freaking rule. Anyway, there was a lot of shit that happened on this episode of uh, AEW. A lot. A whole lot. We got the Casino Tag Team uh, Battle Royal. FTR started out with the returning top flight. Darius Martin, who's back from injury, had a really great showing on this uh, matchup. In the end, the Young Bucks get the victory. I, I, I saw that coming a mile away. We're getting the Young Bucks versus the Jurassic Express versus 
Red Dragon at Revolution in a three-way for the tag team titles. The big angle of this match, well, the big angle of the show, should I say, was the whole segment with CM Punk and MJF. This was a go-home show segment. This could have ended the show, in my opinion. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. CM Punk comes out. And he talks about how it took courage for MJF to do what he did last week. He says that he can't shake the feeling, though, that he's being gaslit. He don't think that Maxwell is lying, but he questions the sincerity of what he's saying. He says he took a pick with Steve Austin back in the day. And when Stone Cold left the WWE and somebody said that Stone Cold took his ball and went home, CM Punk didn't cry about it. He didn't get mad. He says Maxwell wants sympathy, but here's a man who knocked out Dean Malenko 
a man who has Parkinson's disease. He trashed Brian Pillman in his own hometown. He trashed Darby Allen's dead uncle. So he said that Maxwell is not a good guy. I, I don't know if this is sincere. He says that hurt people hurt people, though. He then asks, is he to blame? Is CM Punk to blame for Maxwell's hatred? Punk asks MJF to come out to the ring just to have a conversation in front of the fans. MJF comes out to the ring. Punk says he's done horrible things. MJF is full of hate. He talks about how he too was once full of hate. He says, you're talking to a man who poured Paul Bear's ashes onto The Undertaker. You're talking to a man who poured alcohol down the throat of a recovering alcoholic in Raven, a man who got Jeff Hardy fired for being a drug addict and calling him out on his drug addiction. He says that he knows how it feels to have hate consuming him. He says, but the hate will burn him alive. Punk says that this isn't about him or Max. It's about the 11-year-old kid who looks up to MJF just like MJF looked up to CM Punk. Punk says that he is trying to be a good guy, and then he extends his hand to MJF. MJF does not shake the hand. Instead, MJF opts to give CM Punk a hug. CM Punk is confused. He contemplates hugging him, but finally, he does. He hugs MJF. MJF says thank you. And then, of course, in typical MJF heel fashion, we all saw it coming. MJF hits the low blow on CM Punk. He then hits the heat seeker pile driver on CM Punk. He's wearing a shirt with the picture of an 11-year-old MJF meeting CM Punk. Wardlow, Sean Spears, they come out. Sean Spears has the, the dog uh, collar chain that will be used at Revolution. MJF knocks out CM Punk with the dynamite diamond ring. FTR is on the stage. They're fighting off security, not allowing anyone to help CM Punk. The beatdown's just insane. MJF bloodies CM Punk. He beats him to a bloody pulp. MJF then wipes CM Punk's blood on his shirt as a trophy, I guess. Sean Spears puts the dog collar on CM Punk and hangs him over the top rope. Then MJF recites a famous CM Punk promo. The promo that CM Punk said when he won the Ring of Honor World Champion. How ironic, Ring of Honor. But when he won the Ring of Honor World Champion, he says, Stupid old man, I am a snake. And he said, you should have known better to trust me. He said that he is the devil himself in that revolution. You're going to see just how evil he is. This leads to Sting, Darby Allin, and Sammy Guevara making the save. But holy shit, what a segment. This is how you fucking go home on a go home show. Honestly, last week was talked about. Last week was huge. The whole promo with MJF. This was even bigger and badder. If you aren't buying this pay-per-view, if you were skeptical about buying Revolution, I think that this segment may have just got another couple hundred thousand purchases. I see people online already saying, God damn, now I got to watch this match. God damn, it was a slow build, but this is how you do a fucking angle. This is how you do a storyline. This is how you build up to a big-ass show. This was a masterpiece. And what CM Punk and MJ have been doing lately on AEW is nothing less than perfect. It's nothing less than a masterpiece. This is Wrestling 101. It is hook, line, and sinker because everybody is now emotionally invested in this matchup. And now, 
I want to pay whatever I got to pay to go see Revolution so I can see CM Punk versus MJF because right now, this is the biggest angle in professional wrestling. Bare none, bar none. I don't care what anybody says. If you think differently, then you don't know what wrestling is. Fuck you. Anyway, that wasn't the last time we've seen MJF on this show. Wardlow had a match with Cesar Bernoni. Wardlow wins with the with the Powerbomb Symphony, a move that Sean Spears' accountability buddy told him not to use anymore. Then Wardlow stops Sean Spears from hitting Cesar with the chair. In the back, Sean Spears says that Wardlow, MJF has good news for you. MJF then says to Wardlow, he says, when Wardlow wins the Revolution ladder match at Revolution and he wins the TNT title, you can actually keep the title. He said, but it's not like you're going to win anyway. Wardlow then says to MJF, yeah, you're right because he's too busy making sure that MJF wins. MJF then turns around and slaps the taste out of Wardlow's mouth and says, remember, you don't work for AEW. You're not a wrestler on the roster. You are my bodyguard. You work for me, and I will leave your family homeless on the street and fire you unless you walk that line that I want you to walk. Know your place. This shit was riveting. I'm telling you right now, MJF is the top heel in professional wrestling. And for anybody who thinks Otherwise, watch this one episode. Not only was he a real piece of shit in what he did to CM Punk, but he is a bigger piece of shit for what he did to Wardlow, a man who had his back. MJF has no care in the world. It doesn't matter that fucking Wardlow been having MJF's back since day one in this company. MJF still slapped the taste out of his mouth and said, know your place. Insane. Insane. Speaking of insane, they announced the card for Rampage this Friday, and it might be the biggest card for Rampage. Last week, not not even last week, Monday, I talked about the state of professional wrestling, and I said AEW Rampage is skippable. Boy, did they change that. Not only are we getting Keith Lee versus Ricky Starks, we're getting a three-way match for the TNT title, a match that very well should have been on the Revolution card we got Sammy Guevara putting up his TNT title against Andrade El Idolo and Darby Allin. This is insane. I think that it's going to be a great atmosphere for Rampage, especially that this Rampage is going to be live from Orlando, Florida, the same venue that Revolution is going to be at. I think that that adds so much to Rampage. When the show is taped, it feels rushed. It feels weirdly edited. I don't think AEW knows how to edit a taped show. It feels way too rushed. Last week's episode was way too rushed. But right now, I'm really hyped to see what happens on this episode of Rampage. Because it's live. We're in Orlando. We got a big three-way title shot. Keith Lee's on the show. We got the Professor 5-Minute Challenge by Serena Deeb. Should be some good shit. Anyway, in the main event of this AEW Dynamite, we had Hangman Adam Page, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. They went against Adam Cole and Red Dragon. Really good main event. Lots of action here, lots of high spots, lots of athleticism, good hype between Page and Cole for their world title match at Revolution. In the end, Adam Cole gets the victory for his team. Red Dragon then attacks Hangman Adam Page. They duct tape him to the ring and make him watch as they three-on-two attack John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Then Adam Cole super kicks Adam Page in the face and he says that title is now his. 
Now, personally, I understand why this was the main event. I would have ended MJF. I would have ended with MJF and CM Punk, but this was a great go-home show. Nonetheless, this was a great go-home show. The big announcement by Tony Khan delivers. You had a lot of hype for every matchup on Revolution. I'm telling you right now, if you don't watch Revolution, you're bugging. Because this this might be the most stacked AEW card ever. Insane. Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho. CM Punk versus MJF. Adam Cole versus Adam Page. The Young Bucks versus the Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon. Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. I'm sure I'm missing a lot more. This is just insanely stacked. So go out of your way to watch AEW Revolution this Sunday. You can watch it on the Bleacher Report app. If you're international, I got a lot of international listeners. You can watch it on Fight TV, traditional pay-per-views, local theaters. You got to check out AEW Revolution because this might be the pay-per-view of the year. And the year just started. But talking about a year starting, let's talk about a year ending. That year that I'm talking about ending is the year of 1997. And when we come back from this commercial break, we'll be talking about the last two episodes of ECW Hardcore TV in 1997. Stay tuned. Like we do every Wednesday, it's about to get a little extreme. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day... Your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. It's the man, the king, the god of this shit, Nick fucking Gates. And you know how I start this off. Shout out to all my MDK gang members around the world. Shout out to all my boys locked up in the cells. Eastern Block. Shout out to my hate club. Rest in peace, Big Day Hatred. And rest in peace, my brother Justice Payne. And I'm sending this video to my motherfucking boy, my gang member, Mike De Niro. And Mike, I want to start this off by saying thank you, man, for repping the MDK gang the right way. I want to say thank you 
like I tell the rest of the people, and I keep telling them and telling them, Mike, if it wasn't for you or the rest of the gang, me, Dick Gage, I wouldn't be here right now, Mike, and I definitely wouldn't be doing what I love. That's professional deathmatch wrestling. So I just wanted to say thank you, Mike, and I want to let all my MDK gang members know to go check out the Wrestling Delarine Podcast. I was on it. It was a dope-ass podcast. We had awesome conversation. It was one of my favorite podcasts I did. And I don't do too many. And I've done some big ones. And this one was one of my favorites. So go check out the Delarine Podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They do this shit three days a week. So from the king of this shit, from the god of deathmatch wrestling, go check out the Delarain podcast. And remember, they do it three times a week. They ain't slacking, they're on top of their game. They do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you know what it is. It's MDK. All fucking day. And Mike, I would love to be on your podcast again, man. Greetings and salutations. It's your man CD, the fallen angel, Christopher Gaines. Now, I'm not just a world-traveled professional wrestler and the man with the perfect shaped head to be bald for the rest of his life. I'm also the head of talent relations for All Elite Wrestling. And as such, I am not allowed to lie. It's in my contract. So when I tell you that Mike DeNiro and the Wrestling DeLorean podcast is available every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you know I'm telling you the truth. Now Mike talks about classic WWF, WCW, ECW, and TNA reviews, as well as doing modern news for AEW, WWE, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, and all the things that are happening in the world of professional wrestling today. So why don't you give it a listen and just remember that Christopher Daniels was the one that sent you, and uh, enjoy the podcast. Take care, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter if it's Wednesday morning or Wednesday night like it is right now. We end every Wednesday the right way. We end every Wednesday just a little extreme here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast as we talk about ECW, Hardcore TV. We always dive deep into the land of extreme. And this is no different. On this episode of ECW Hardcore TV, we're going to be talking about December 13th, 1997 and December 20th, 1997 episodes of ECW. The last two episodes of 1997. One show emanating from the ECW Arena, the largest crowd in the history of the ECW Arena. And the second show coming from Buffalo, New York, where we had a violent, violent beatdown between... Just incredible and Mikey Whipwreck. Let's get into this super stacked episode of ECW Hardcore TV right now. So, strapping your seatbelts, DeLorean passengers, let's talk about December 13th, 1997, ECW Hardcore TV. Joey Styles welcomes us to the ECW arena. This is the largest crowd in the history of the ECW arena, which says a lot. We had a goddamn pay-per-view in the ECW arena for Barely Legal, and the crowd is trumped by this episode of ECW Hardcore TV. Styles announces that in Massachusetts, 
Phil LaFon and Doug Furness became the new ECW champions when they attack when the Dudley Boys attacked John Cronus and New Jack before their match with the FBI, leading to Furness and LaFon taking their spots and beating the FBI for the ECW World Champions. John Cronus comes out here. He has a broken uh, arm. He has a broken fibula. He, he's all fucked up here. Joey Styles says that Cronus is in the cast and he can't wrestle, but he has a lot of heart. And then he is instantly cut off by the Dudley boys who come out here and they surround the ring. Joey Styles calls for help. He says, this is bullshit. The man can't defend himself. Come on, leave him alone. The Dudley boys jump into the ring. Bubba Ray Dudley tells Styles to get the fuck out the ring. Before they could jump John Cronus, though, New Jack makes the save. New Jack brings some of his favorite toys with him. He takes it to the Dudley boys. Big Dick Dudley's taking it to John Cronus outside. Bubba Ray and Devon is taking it to New Jack on the inside. Bubba Ray Dudley is carving New Jack up with a cheese grater. Spike Dudley makes the save. New Jack and Spike Dudley take out all three Dudley boys. And New Jack hits his signature guitar shot from the top rope. I'm Big Dick Dudley. A referee comes out, and just like that, we have an impromptu six-man tag between all three Dudley boys, New Jack, the injured John Cronus, and Spike Dudley. The Dudley boys get the upper hand. Devon hits New Jack with the guitar. Big Dick tosses uh, Spike Dudley onto Bubba Ray Dudley, who catches him with a Bubba Cutter onto a table. Six spot, but the table didn't break. Send that one to Matthew or Botchamania. I am the table. Anyway... Bubba Ray Dudley breaks the table finally when he puts Spike Dudley through it with a huge power bomb. One, two, three. The Dudley boys win. And that's how the show starts. We got the fucking intro to the show right after this. What a crazy... Yo, you, you gotta love ECW. You gotta love it. Next match on the show, or I guess in this standpoint, the first actual match on the show, we got Just Incredible versus Mikey Whipwreck. This was a rematch from the November to Remember Fast-paced offense when Mikey Whipwreck and Just Incredible get into the ring with each other. A lot of really cool innovative spots between both men. Just Incredible introduces the chair to the ring. Good back and forth action with this matchup. An Easter egg of this matchup is the referee's Danny Doring, dash, dastardly Danny Doring, the last ever ECW Tag Team Champion. I assume this is when Danny Doring was training with the House of Hardcore, paying his dues here in ECW as the referee of this matchup. Might be Mikey Whipwreck wins the matchup when he hits a top rope Frankensteiner. And since Just Incredible came to ECW, he cannot beat Mikey Whipwreck. Mikey Whipwreck once again beats Just Incredible in this matchup. We next get superstar Stevie Richards, who's making his ECW return here. He's going against Chris Chetty. Stevie Richards wins a quick matchup. Next on the show, we got a promo between Al Snow and Head. Al Snow is in the back of a car talking to the mannequin Head who's sitting in the driver's seat. Classic Al Snow and Head shit here. We then get highlights of Al Snow and Head. ECW Tag Team Championship matchup. Doug Furness and Phil LaFon come out with Lance Wright and Brackus. Lance Wright says that Furness and LaFon will win this matchup and hand Vince McMahon the tag team titles on Raw. And live on Raw, they will throw the ECW Tag Team titles in the trash. This leads to Balls Mahoney and Axel Ryan coming out. Axel says that they could go to WWE, but they will leave the ECW with chairs wrapped around their neck. This leads to the triple threat coming out. How ironic because this match becomes a triple threat. Chris Candido gets on the mic. He says there's no damn way that they will bring the ECW tag team belts to the WWF. He says even if Sonny works there, fuck the WWF and fuck you. We get a three-way ECW tag team title matchup. It is Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten. 
versus Phil LaFon and Doug Furness versus Chris Candido and Lance Storm. This was a really, really good matchup. Early on, though, the new champions are eliminated by Balls and Axel. Doug Furness and LaFon are out of this matchup. It is down to Chris Candido and Lance Storm versus Balls and Axel. Balls Mahoney hits the Nutcracker Suite on a chair onto Lance Storm. Francine gets involved in the matchup. Chris Candido and Lance Storm then beat Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten. We got new ECW Tag Team Champions, and it is the Triple Threat. The Triple Threat now holds the, not only the ECW Tag Team Champions, but the leader of the Triple Threat, the franchise Shane Douglas, is the ECW World Heavyweight Champion. So there's a lot of gold right now in the Triple Threat. We got footage of Taz then calling out Brackus earlier on in the night. Security and wrestlers stop Brackus. The show goes off the air with the Sandman and Tommy Dreamer with Beulah McGillicuddy making their way to the ring for a matchup against Rob Van Dam, Sabu, and Bill Alfonso. Joey Styles says to watch this matchup, you got to purchase the tape of the event. Sucks because I really would have been interested in watching this matchup. So instead, I went on and watched the December 20th episode of ECW. This episode taking place live from Buffalo, New York, the hometown of Mikey Whipwreck, who will be on the show, but may not have had the type of ending he would like in his own hometown. But nonetheless, this show starts out with the Sandman and Sabu. This is a rematch from the November to Remember. Sandman, during this match, bridges a table between the ring and the guardrail. He then climbs to the top of the fucking 10, 15-foot ladder. It was fucking huge. He does a somersault senton, which he will call the Rolling Rock, but Sabu moves, and Sandman goes crashing through the table. Really sick spot. Sabu hit a huge triple jump leg drop through the table onto the outside. Sandman hits a Rolling Rock onto a ladder on Sabu. Bill Alfonso breaks the count. This leads to Rob Van Dam hitting a diving kick onto the Sandman and Sabu hitting a devastating Arabian face buster with the ladder onto Sandman's face. Vicious, vicious spot. Sandman's face looked like it got absolutely crushed. Sabu is your winner. Next on the show, we got a rematch from the week prior and the November to remember. Just Incredible versus Mikey Whipwreck in Mikey Whipwreck's hometown. Just Incredible is obsessed with avenging his loss to Mikey. Both men brawl into the crowd pretty quickly. Just Incredible puts Mikey in a knee bar in this matchup. A previously surgically repaired knee of Mikey Ripwreck. The referee stops the match. Credible bra- doesn't break the hold. But when he finally did, he picks Mikey Ripwreck up. He hits the That's Incredible pile driver twice onto a steel chair. Vicious spot. Mikey Ripwreck is knocked out. The medical staff come out. They try to stretcher Mikey Ripwreck out. Just Incredible continues the beat down. This leads to the ECW locker room emptying out and confronting Just Incredible as he bails. Mikey Ripwreck is stretchered out of here in his hometown. Pretty sad. Al Snow is head versus Paul Diamond with Chastity. This was okay. I know that they're building Al Snow to be the next number one contender. This matchup was pretty decent. We then get Chris Chetty and Pitbull number two. Pitbull number two beats Chris Chetty. And then we got the Pulp Fiction promos. This was a good show. Not as good as the first show, but definitely a good show. ECW always delivers, though. Whether it's the atmosphere, the crowd, the crazy, wild, insane brawls. Just New Jack being New Jack. That's why I love ECW. I love everything about ECW, and that's why I cover it here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. This has been a great episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. But Friday, we have a super stacked, a huge episode. I'm talking about a four-hour watch-along 
We're going to be going back in time. And by we, I mean me and the Lords of Gotham, my rap group. We're going to be going back in time and doing a watch along of WrestleMania 17. We're going to be talking all about WrestleMania 17 here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast as we are now on the road to WrestleMania 38. So make sure you tune in to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast on Friday. I love you all. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. One love. Peace out. Stay safe. All that good shit. I appreciate you guys. Second tough in the hood Till the wolves come Bitches let a drink in the club Till the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street Till the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor We the wolves done Go fuck with De Niro, I got a Snyder extender clip, so who wanna play hero? Go bad shit like Ozzy, I was born in the darkness. Oh, you the wolf till we pull up and you're harmless. So pray to Oliver, Don Dada, the top shotter, the top spot, final boss you cross, that's when your ride stop. Basquiat with that white chalk, trigger finger streets, while leave your brains on the sidewalk. Niggas that get tough in the hood, till the wolves come. Bitches let a drink in the club, till the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street, till the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor, till the wolves come. Heard them got them Niggas, they be moving in the packs. Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you're at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dipping, creeping through the night, it's precise. Catch a nigga slipping for his ice, worth your life. Answers yes, well, did nigga pay your price? Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. South Bronx, midnight, niggas moving packs cause they hunting. I'm moving packs of that onion, but probably packing up something. Catch him slipping with them coals and he ain't telling us nothing. Catch a nigga fooling twice and then I'm pressing that button. Send his ass away, permanent vacate and start bluffing. Must have moved to Honolulu, changed his name to McLovin. Said you know what you know, that's for the pack to remember. And if a nigga leaking these, we gotta. Niggas say the dead don't talk, but that money do. If I put a hole in his melon, I bet his honey do. Shorty keep crying and screaming like that's helping you. Bullets gave his brain a period for that decimal. I think it's like a tough in the hood. To the wolf's Bitches let a drink in the club. To the wolf's Surrounded by the sheep in the street. To the wolf's Everyone strip on the floor. To the wolf's Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the packs. Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dipping, creeping through the night, it's precise. Catch a nigga slipping for his ice, worth your life. Answers yes, well, didn't nigga pay your price. Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. This fall, the Disney Bundle has all the action. Holy smokes! Watch live NFL and college football games on ESPN Plus. On Disney Plus, there's Loki Season 2. It's on its way. And Ahsoka. Buckle up. And on Hulu, you can watch The Boogeyman and Welcome to Rexa. Oh my God, the expectation. All of these and more streaming this fall with the Disney Bundle. Blackouts and restrictions apply. 18 plus only. Access content from each service separately. Offer valid for eligible subscribers only. Terms apply. Expressing your love can look many different ways. And with the right jewelry gift from Blue Nile, it can truly sparkle. Blue Nile's collection of classic diamond jewelry makes for the kind of gift that speaks volumes without saying a single word. Or switch things up with a sapphire piece sure to spark conversation. Either way, Blue Nile's diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Express yourself with Blue Nile, the original online jeweler, at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.